Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And this is Season 2 of Flannel and Beards. It has been a minute. Uh, it's been several long, long minutes. I hardly recognize you. You don't have a beard anymore. Well, I do have a beard. Let's... Let's... Pump your brakes. It's so small. It is. It is very small. I So this just happened like a couple days. It's actually doubled in length since I did it, So which is a few days ago, which I think I'm like finally my pubescent body is growing more hair. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I was, it was a hot, humid day in Philadelphia and people yep. think that the North's cooler and typically it is, but it's been miserable the past it week. It has. And uh, we have to wear masks in Philadelphia. And um, so I was wearing a mask one day, and it was itchy, and it was super hot, yep. and I had sweat dripping, you know, from my beard, and it was nasty. Yeah. And so late one night, I just got up out of bed, and I went to the <laughs> bathroom, and I shaved my beard. I trimmed my beard very close to my face. Yeah, I did the same thing in the yeah. middle of COVID. Yeah. It was hot one day. It was sweaty and gross, and... Uh, I got out of the shower and shaved my beard way back, and uh, I walked out, and my wife said, what have you done? That's exactly... I'm leaving you. Like, why did you shave off your beard? It's the only thing I like about you. No, it wasn't quite that bad. No, that that's almost verbatim. <laughs> I wonder if they kind of like... Darby said, hey, if Eric ever... This is what does, we should this say. Because like, Christy walked in. She's like, what did you do? And she walked out. It was like, you know, the the Jake from State Farm commercial? What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Yes. And, and the lady's like, well, he's, she, he sounds, or she sounds hideous. That's kind of like, my wife was like, you look yeah. hideous. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what my and wife my said. my kids hated well. it, too. So, yeah. Um, she's like, you didn't give me any warning. And I was like, honestly, all through the four months of quarantine, I've been saying, I'm going to shave my beard, I'm going to shave my beard. I just didn't give you any warning right before I did. Yeah. But apparently that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. I guess if my wife shaved her head, I'd be a little shocked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but she can do that. Like I'm for her right. It's her body. Like she can, she can shave her head if he wants. Don't shave your head, babe. But if you want to, don't shave your head. You can. Don't shave your head. So Eric, we had 34 episodes in season one of that's, Flannel and Beard. I'm I'm proud of myself. I'm that's patting myself awesome. on the back yeah. right now. Like 34 episodes is a lot. And honestly, we kind of reached a point where we were like. Is there anything else to talk about? We've talked about yeah. it all. We've covered everything we know about church planting. And we I were, was sick we, of you. You yeah. were sick of me. <laughs> and we were like, I was sick of driving to Roxborough. I was like, yeah. just come here all the yeah, time. Yeah. And you were like, mm, that's not fair. And uh, and we just we felt like it was a good stopping point. Yeah. Of course, since then the world has completely changed, and we live in an alternate reality now. Yes. Yes. This is like Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Like, we're somewhere yeah. different where we're not supposed to be because, I mean, it's been eight months since our last episode was posted or our last thing. And and uh, since then, we've had Christmas, we've had a new year, we had the coronavirus, we've had George Floyd and protests and then the riots. And now the coronavirus, which we all thought by the summer, like, oh, the longest is going to be is June or July. Well, we're still here. Yeah. So, I thought it would be great to kick off Season 2 by talking about how in the world do you church plant during 
a pandemic. That's right. So Flannel and beards, <laughs> COVID special. We're going to solve all the problems of COVID yes. right here on this podcast. At least as they pertain to church planning. Yes. Yeah. We're going to make that bold statement and f- make it true. Absolutely. Um, so, Eric, what have you done? Quarantine happened. Your church, I'm guessing, was forced online. Yes. Yeah. Well, so the first week, I don't know if it's because I'm lazy. I actually thought it was a good idea, but I am kind of lazy, too. Um, the first week of quarantine, because really everything shut down on a Thursday for us here. It was thir- for us, it was Thursday, March 12th. Mm. I remember because my daughter was making her acting debut in theater, and that was her opening night performance. We actually got that performance in, and then that was it. Everything okay. ended. So it was pretty short notice. And uh, my first thing is I put up uh, a sheet online where people could go. And I even put links to worship songs that said, lead worship, lead your family in worship at your house. Like, this is how to do it. So that was my first week. Then um, a couple of other churches in so, our neighborhood. Sorry, just to break in there. Yeah. Uh, so that Friday, I worked my part-time job in the morning. And they came and told me mid-morning, you have to go home. We're closing down the building. Oh, wow. Um, and then that Sunday, we had services. We came in early and wiped everything down. Had really, really low attendance. Yeah. Sounds like you were putting your people plan. at risk. Yeah. Well, Conley. At the, early on, I was like, I don't know if I'm taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... I think we all uh, are. Um, and then after that, we went online. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's great. No. So we went online after that, too. That was the same thing. But we had a couple of churches from our neighborhood outside of our denomination, uh, but whose pastors I align with pretty closely, and they align with me. And we did a, we called it United Worship, Roxborough United Worship. Yeah, I've seen and, some of those online. Yeah, and so, and it was uh, it was a unique experience, but it was, it, was, it was just really good to kind of give our community a united front and stuff. Like, what, so what about you? I mean, what, what was that online experience like? For you, like yeah. So we we pre-recorded um, music and a message and put it together with some announcements. We tried to make them shorter yep. rather than uh, you know as close to what we have in person. I tried to add an interactive element to everyone so that there was something you had to like stop the video and do or after the video mm-hmm. do so that it's not just. Uh, it's very easy with video for things to seem consumer. Yes. He's like, oh, this is just a YouTube video I'm consuming, and then I move on with my day. And uh, it misses a piece where you're actually having to do something or go somewhere or take some type of action, Mm. um, which I think is an important part of the Christian faith and how we worship. Um, So, yeah, that's what it looks like for us. So what what has been the best experience like what do you think the good that has come out of this covid and having to go online and and all the stuff as far as just pertaining to the church what what if any my church yeah your church your church what have you seen if if anything that's that's been good coming from it so a couple times a year we already did a digital service Mm -hmm. because one of our big things is we say the church serving is more important than the church service right and uh so i always try to downplay the service and upplay the relationships built in the service um you know and so i'll tell people the most important time happens on a sunday after the service as we're having conversations and we're building relationships Mm. um so we already had like our people weren't surprised by how we did a digital service because Mm. 
we did that a couple of times a year already. And so they were like, oh, we're used to this. We're familiar with this. Um, so I didn't really see anything there where I was like, oh, man, this is really exciting or really great. We started doing a weekly prayer call mm-hmm. where we just go out on Zoom. It was the same link every week. Sometimes we'd have a bunch of people. Sometimes it'd just be a couple of us. And we would just get together every Wednesday at 7 and pray together. Yeah. And uh, so that was really good. And some of us got to know each other better than we had before. Um, and then we we even saw some people who had never been a part of the church before jump on that prayer call. That's great. And uh, they've got connected with us as a church because they started praying with us. The other thing that we did was we have a lot of um, millennials and um, a lot of guys who play Xbox. And so we started having some online gaming nights where we'd be like, hey, this is a free game to download. Everybody download it. We're all going to get on, get on our headsets. We'll all talk and play this game together. That's and so, cool. you know, you got six, seven, eight guys all getting online together, talking. And so there's guys who at the church we kind of knew because they showed up a couple times mm-hmm. who've become really good friends because we started doing That's these game great. nights every week. Yeah. So. My wife still won't let me have a gaming system, so... I think you're mature enough to handle it now. Maybe. I don't think I am, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I know. I know why she doesn't let me have it, and I really have no argument against it, so... Well, you have to give up something else, so give up sports and get an Xbox. <laughs> see, I don't watch sports. Nah, see, if I watched sports and played Xbox, like, that's Darby too much. Would I couldn't handle Yeah, I yeah. can't give up sports. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm coaching... Rocco's baseball team is back. And, yeah, I know because I what will tell this, Georgia. That, look, I love the league that he's a part of. I truly do, but that's pretty much the attitude of most of the people in charge of the league. So, okay. and my boy wants to play baseball. And I love. I help coach. I love help. Like that is my. I I can't believe how much I love helping coach little league baseball. It's it's a blast. So, anyways, what have you seen during quarantine and COVID response from churches? What have you seen that's been a challenge that you think you, maybe your church has faced or you've seen other churches face? Um, well, there's there's several things. One of the immediate things I think a lot of churches have felt and that I've seen, I've seen some churches who I'm, I'm close with their pastors who saw a substantial, like the first month, a like 70, 75% drop in giving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it wasn't like they were flush with cash to begin with, right? And so that's a huge challenge um, because there's ministries that are still carrying on with the church. It still costs money. If the church has a building, there's you still got to pay for that building, uh, pastor salary. You know, then does he have to all of a sudden go find another job if he doesn't already have one, or if he does, he have to go find a second job, a third job because yeah. pastoring is one. Does his wife have to go? You know, so that's and then if the church has employees. What do you do with them? Like, so not a lot different than any other small businesses, the same questions that they've had, but that's that's been a real challenge to the church and then to communicate with people that it is important to, con- to continue to give. So so that's one thing um, that I saw. And I think it hurt older churches more than it hurt church plants. Like, I would say 95 to 98% of my giving was online anyways yeah. for, through our church. Um, so for us... It was. I mean, it's gone down. Yeah. So, in fact, it's gone down worse now than it was earlier. But we um, saw some fluctuations as well. Yeah. Like and uh, so, I don't know if you've followed Kerry Newhoff and David Kinneman with the Barna Group. Like they've been tracking like uh, church stats through yeah. this. And so, 
almost every church in North America took a huge hit to giving at the beginning. Yeah. Um, most churches still were used to passing a plate yep. and receiving. I saw some churches I know in the South were like, I'm going to be at the office, drive up between three and five that. and drop off your checks. And yes, I'm like, I saw that too. Oh man, is this 1950? But, yeah. um, but it's not just like as a church and we know this as church planners. We got to realize you got to know who your church members are, who your audience yeah. is. And what they're what they what's going to reach them, and so for a church plant in a big city like us, most of our people are forty five and younger, yeah. um, and they are very comfortable and used to online platforms. Right. Where if you're at a church where the most of the age is forty five and older, then they don't trust the internet, they don't know how to use the internet, you know, all these different things, and the church because of that. There's been no reason for them to set up on, like, I don't want to pay the 3% fee. It feels like, you know, I've heard people use the excuse, oh, it feels like when Jesus had to turn over the tables in the temple, you know, if I'm using my credit card for the church, you know. And that's fine. That's who their audience is. So it was more difficult for, I think, older churches typically. I heard about a church in Philadelphia, older congregation, Uh um, and none of their people understood the Internet. You know, at best, some of them might be on Facebook to look at grandkids' pictures. And so... They were actually doing a phone tree where they'd all call in to this phone number and they'd preach the message and play the music wow. over the phone. And I was like, oh, my word. Like, we have technology that can yeah. fix this. But the, the minister didn't understand technology and the people yeah. didn't. And uh, and so I really saw that, man, The like us younger church planters and ministers, we, we really could help some older churches, yes. I think, yeah. um, come into the current age. Yeah. yeah, similar to you, most of our people gave online. The few people that we had uh, who gave in person during this time, they moved to online. Yeah. And so we saw some fluctuation during that period between when some of those people who gave in person started giving online. Um, but it hasn't been, yeah, it hasn't I, dramatically affected us. I think the biggest challenge, Alex, and we've all experienced this, whether you go to church or not, whether you're a church planner or not, but I think the biggest challenge um is the isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's been really difficult for my people. Um, and everyone I talk to seems to be along the same page. Yeah. No matter how much you Zoom or do, you know, whatever. We, everyone's done a million things. more exhausting than It, it really is. And I've heard that exact thing from other people. Especially if you're on Zoom meetings all day long for work. Uh, if you're fortunate and blessed enough to still have your job. And then... You know, to come and say, oh, you know, I feel guilty for not being on the Zoom call for church, but I really can't take one more Zoom call. Do people feel guilty about missing church? I don't know. I don't think so. But I I like to think that they would. (laughs) Um, But but so like that. sounds like some holdover from your Southern. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's just me. Um, Yeah, I'm projecting. They, uh, it it got hard for me and my family. Like we got sick of each other. Like Mm -hmm. it was... One of my kids was going to, be to have fair, to be sacrificed. A lot of you. Look, so. yes, there's five kids or seven of us in a very small space. In fact, I think your house for two of you is probably about the same size as my house. What's your square close. footage? Eleven hundred. Oh, we uh, we might have a little bit more than you. Shut up! Uh, uh, don't let Christy okay. know that because oh, well. she'll say Alex and Darby have more than us. I will um, never say that. But oh, wait, know, it's, it's, it's on the podcast. yeah, it's on the podcast. She doesn't listen. She to doesn't anymore. listen anymore. She used to. She but, forgot. But, so, I mean, like, one of my kids is going to have to be sacrificed to the coronavirus. Like, it was just a done deal. Um, we, we were going to draw straws to see which one, what? cast lots. Um, 
because the walls. So I know I was feeling it. My people were feeling it. And yeah. I've always loved my, as a pastor, I always love my people. I don't think I realized how much I loved them mm. until I didn't, I wasn't able to be around them. Um, and I don't think I realized how much they cared for each other until they couldn't be around each other. Like, and in a sense, it was really good to see that as a pastor. Like, it, it really encouraged me. COVID. Yeah, COVID cough. Uh, I think that's going to be superpower down the road. COVID cough. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't. This kills everybody. Can we, can we cut that out? Mm-hmm, no. I'm um, not. I don't have time in my life anymore to cut to out. To edit anything. Uh, so everything you say goes in oh, now. Man. Okay. But, so you um, got to watch what you say. No more yeah. cursing. Oh. <sighs> but uh, the... Uh, it was a real challenge. And I think that's, honestly, I think that's probably been the biggest challenge because we are, we talked about this before, we are designed for relationships. Yeah, and nothing, I mean, it feels like a like we're watching the movie Wally. It really does. And, I mean, this has just shown how much all of us, no matter how old we are, no matter how introverted we are, yeah. we need relationships with other people. And I, I definitely, personally, Need relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I felt exactly the same way. Um, it's interesting to me. This is a psychological event that's going to scar humanity on mm. a worldwide level. Like everybody on Earth is going through the same thing mm. together, mm. and it's very rare that a worldwide event hits everyone mm. psychologically at the same time. It's kind of like Independence Day. Um, yeah, it's like aliens attack. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the whole world has to. Relate to that. So I think that just as 9-11 affected millennials and how they see the world, Mm. I think that this will affect Generation Z uh, in a unique way. Mm. And uh, I think there will be long-term scars, psychological scars from this Mm. uh, that we will see played out over the next 30, 40, 50 years. Um, But you talked about the, the isolation and the loneliness of quarantine We've talked before on this podcast about how church planting is lonely. I feel like church planting in a quarantine is especially lonely. Um, So you're already isolated because of quarantine. Then you're isolated from your your people. Um, And so, yeah, it's a very strange, strange time. So three tips. Okay. What would you say to somebody? Because we've kind of moved out of some things. We've moved into green phase. But the governor's already like, maybe I'm going to back yeah, off Yeah, Pennsylvania that. and Philadelphia, yeah. <laughs> they like moved in the green and then took it back yeah. real quick. Yeah, the governor, every time the governor's like, I'm going to call a press hearing, I'm like, there goes something else. Yeah. We're going to have to, they're going to close down my restaurants again. Can't pump gas anymore. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that would actually be good. The gas stations are filthy. I know. So there's COVID all over them. <laughs> um, three tips. What would you say, okay, your people are isolated, you're isolated. Three tips to stay spiritually, emotionally, relationally Ooh. healthy during quarantine. Man, you're going to help me with these three tips. Yeah. Um, I think, man, keep, I think keeping a routine and the rhythm is huge. Because mm. um, at first, and I, I heard psychologists say this, like it was at first, let your kids have a few days, like when they cancel school, let them have a few days. Just let like a snow day, whatever, just take off. You, If you can. Just let them lay on the let, iPad all day. Right, exactly. And so I was like, okay. That sounds terrible. Like, I'll, we'll do that. And at first it was good. But then, like, it got really hard to get back into any sort of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And we finally did. And when we did, things got much better. So I, I think my first thing would be maintain some sort of rhythm. And let that rhythm include 
your devotional life. Like, I don't know about anyone else, but if I'm going to be perfectly honest, yeah. sometimes if I'm going to sleep in or be a little lazy, then it's like, oh, i got to hurry up and get stuff done. So the first thing that gets marked off the list is my time with God. Like, yeah, I, I know I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be above that. Um, I don't think any of it. Once again, I think that's your Southern Christianity I know. coming out. That's I don't think any of your your Philly uh, congregants are like going to be super disappointed they might in be. you being honest. They might be. Um, mine like when I'm honest. Like they uh, they were like the more flawed I am, they're like yes, yes, oh yeah, you're a horrible so, loser, just like us. Delco trash, Delco trash. Um, Delco is Delaware County. In Pennsylvania, for those of you listening around the globe who don't yeah. know. And we're very proud of being the trash part of Philadelphia. You are. It's funny. Yeah. Anyways, what, what's what's one thing? Um, so I think the routine rhythm I think is really good. I would say focus on a few people instead of trying to connect with everyone. Um, because you're not going to be able to connect with everyone. So connect well with a few people. And I feel terrible about saying that because I want to connect with everybody. But it's just not a time that allows you to do that. And early on in quarantine, I exhausted myself trying to do everything I could mm. to remain in control mm. and to remain connected, remain connected. And I couldn't do either of those things. And so what I realized was I'm very limited during this time. I don't feel like I have the same emotional capacity or energy capacity that I had pre-COVID. It's like this just wiped me out emotionally. Mm. And so now I have to realize I have limited ability, but that's okay. I've always had limited ability. I just assumed I had more ability than what I actually did. Um, I saw someone get, did a study who said um, quarantine has revealed to people they only have 15% of the control that they thought they had oh, in their wow. life. Yeah. Um, and we could talk about how they got to that number. You know, That's well, because so. now we realize the government's truly in control. <laughs> just to just throw a nugget out there for all you conspiracy theorists. But uh, what I had to realize was connect really well with a few people. Yeah. And um, you know, Andy Stanley has a quote, do for one what you wish you could do for all. Mm. And I think sometimes we get paralyzed thinking, man, I've got to connect with all my people. You can't. Um, in a perfect scenario, we'd still be having Sunday services and you can interact with everybody, but that's not where we're at. And interact with a few key people, stay well connected, get connect with a phone call, with a text message, whatever, however you can connect. And I started finding when I did that, not only was I emotionally feeling better, I was staying connected and, uh, yeah. That's great. You know, I just, I, I've heard someone say, I can't remember who it is, so I won't, but they said, you know, fair went out the window in the Garden of Eden. What went out the window? Fair. Oh, fair. Fairness. Oh, okay. Um, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, and like, I struggle with that too. Like, you feel like there's this huge thing, you want to do everything for everyone. Yeah. But you just can't. So, you, like you said, you do for one what you wish you could do for all. And like God give the increase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just uh, what, what's the parable that Jesus gave in, in Mark? The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all the seeds. But when it's planted and grows, it's big enough for its limbs to shelter the birds of the air. And so whatever little you can do, God gives the increase to that, not us. So I think that's, I think that's very wise. Yeah, I think there's definitely a... Uh a part of faith that is realizing your limitations and embracing your limitations. Mm. I know in America we're always like, overcome limitations, yeah. rise to the top, you can do it, reach for the, the stars. Yeah. Um, I hate reach for the but stars, there's a by the certain, way. there's a certain faith in saying, 
I have limited energy. I have limited time. Here's how I'm going to invest it. I'm mm. going to trust that God's going to take this mm. limited investment and produce bigger results mm. with it. So third tip for people who are emotionally, relationally disconnected during COVID. Um, um, man, I want to say um, don't be afraid to get help. Like if, you, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling down, if you feel like you can't crawl out of the hole, um, and if you've struggled with anxiety or depression or something like that, you know what I'm talking about when I yep. say crawling out of the hole. If you feel like you can't crawl out of the hole, please don't be ashamed or afraid. Even with coronavirus, there's help available. Yeah. Like you can reach out to professional or pastor maybe for an initial thing. If it's more than they can handle, Lord willing, they're wise enough to, uh, to refer you. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like there's, um, I've talked with people who have sought help during this time and, uh, some very close people and, and it's done them a world of good and I, it's okay. Like you're not, you're not alone. It's not, there's, I know sometimes there's a stigma with seeking, you know, counseling and stuff like that, but there's nothing wrong with it. Like God put people on this earth, gave them a special type of empathy, uh, and a special gift to help us work through things that we're struggling with, um, with anxiety and loneliness and depression and, and isolation. So I, I would I would say that it's okay to get help. Yeah, I think that uh, interestingly enough, I feel like the older generations have are a harder time with this. One hundred percent. And millennials and younger were like much more open about right. like yeah. I need a mental health day. I've got all yeah. these issues. Yeah. Like I need to see a counselor and. Uh, so it's interesting. I'm not sure what happened where we're more open to that. Maybe mm-hmm. then, because you're Gen X. I am Gen X, yeah. Okay. Proud Gen X. Yeah. Gen X didn't do anything. You yeah. just kissed up to boomers to get that's, their power and influence. <laughs> yeah. Millennials. And look down things. at millennials. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's we are the most apathetic. Look, Gen Xers are apathetic for sure. We the are world. the ones who are actually like, we hate the system that boomers created and yeah. we're going to do something about it. We're going to pout till it changes. Right. And so, we're like, whatever. Yeah. That's our that's our generation's. You term. didn't. You guys didn't rock the boat, and no. millennials. All we do is and rock we're the, boat. the best. We're sinking. You know. You know what? We rock the boat, but Gen Z, they're sinking the boats. Are they? Yeah. They're the sure. Greta um, Thunbergs. I can't stop. Yeah, no. she's just gonna burn the, everybody down. Well, like I'm, that's Gen Z. Gen Z's gonna make. You're baiting me right now. Okay. Let's get back to COVID. She cracks me up. I'm so, sorry. Like, I can't. That face. Stop. You're baiting me. So, COVID. What do you hope? So, let me ask you this. There's a lot of pastors I know in the South who are like, this is an interruption. This is a blip, and then we're going to go back to doing everything the same. Do you think that this is an interruption, or do you think this is a disruption, and after this, everything is going to change? Man. I... I don't know. Okay. I really don't. Like, I was kind of in that line that this is an interruption. Okay. Interesting. Um, because we've had plagues. We've had all kinds of things happen. Um, I am starting to wonder, though, about that. Uh, and it's not like... A, it's not... My idea that's an interruption isn't tied to any political thing. It's just... Like, at some point, we can get a handle of this, more than likely. Like, there's going to be a cure, uh, a treatment plan. Like, right. even like 
even the flu vaccine, which isn't, I don't think it's great because the, I've had the flu twice in my life. It was both when I got the vaccine. Like, but you understand how but, the they vaccinate against one strand. Exactly. And it's, and I get it. Strands. I get it. It's just okay. coincidence, I guess, that I'm healthy every other year. But I like, but that's an anecdotal thing. It, but here's here's the deal. Even the treatment process, like we know how to treat the flu, even if you get the flu. Like, and it could still kill someone. I'm, I'm not like trying to compare the two, but because coronavirus is so new, there's no treatment plan in place. If they figure out a treatment plan and yeah. then there's a vaccine too, then in my mind at first, it was like, okay, well, we have no clue what we're dealing with right now. Eventually, we will understand it yeah. and there will be something, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, six months, 12 months, 18 months, six years, I don't know. At some point... But uh, but I I'm starting to question that now. I, I feel like that is going to be a disruption. Yeah, more I agree. More. I yeah. think it's going to be a disruption. I think um, America and I think honestly the world will look differently after this. Yeah. Um, I think that churches who don't recognize that it's a disruption are going to be in for a rude awakening. I've said for a long time on this podcast many times that. Most churches live like it's 50 years ago yeah. instead of living like it's today. And very few churches are living like, how do we build a church for the future? Yeah. Like, that's almost not happening anywhere that I can uh, see or read about or experience. But I think this has forced that to happen a little bit at yes, least. I mean, I think that's been one of the best things about coronavirus. Yeah. As churches who would never think about going online have had to figure it out. And they've done it. And yeah. what some... You know, modicum of success, even. Yeah, I would say that's got most churches up to the 90s. Yes. Um, so that's progress. Yeah. Um, I don't think that churches yet realize that after a four-month gap of not attending church, that I think a third of church attenders will just not come back. Yeah. Um, and then what I've seen, especially in the South, where church attendance is more regular, I've seen that people have taken this as an advantage like maybe they've been disgruntled or maybe not happy about something. This is a time to change denominations. It's a convenient change excuse. Churches. Yeah, it's a good time to check out something different or yeah. new. And so I think there's going to be huge disruptions around this. Yeah. And I think we're going to have churches who lose a lot of um, casual attenders. Yeah. And we'll have churches that do have faithful attenders who take this as an opportunity to go somewhere else. Right. Um, because during this time, they've had the freedom to not only watch their church service, but to watch several other church services. And they're like, why aren't we just going over here? Like, yeah. this message is a lot more... Look, um, when I was a kid, my family moved. When I was in middle school, we moved to Memphis, Tennessee. All right? And we started going to one church as soon as we moved there. And I fell in love with Like, I got plugged in with a youth group, loved it. I had a lot of fun. And we were there for like, I don't know, maybe four months, four to six months. And my dad out of the blue said, we're switching churches. And I was like an emotional teenager. I was like, hold on, you move me away from all my friends. I come here, I start to make new friends at this church. And now you're telling me I had to leave them too. But the, the deal was, is we literally lived a mile and a half from Adrian Rogers Church, who was one of the greatest preachers of his time. So my dad was like, why would I go to that church when the church that's closer to me has one of the great preachers? And that exact same thing is going to happen. Like, they, people have tested everything out. Yeah. And whatever it is that they are looking for in a church, whether it's a preacher, a program, music, whatever, they're going to 
at least show up and try that church out at the at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. And and but I will say that the the part of the disruption too is it's not just disrupting churches, it's disrupting people's lives. So we like you, we've had people connect with our church and like become really involved um, since this has happened because of this disruption in their life has either drawn them back to God or drawn them to God in the first place. So I, I, I do see God moving in that. In a yeah, lot of ways. I agree. It's forced people to uh, press pause on very busy, hectic lives. Yeah. And anytime there's a pause or there's some quiet, those are the cracks that God mm-hmm. whispers into, um, which is part of the reason that I feel so strongly mm-hmm. against uh, having your ministry so busy that there's no break yeah. for God to actually speak mm-hmm. into your life or into your people's yeah. lives. Okay, so COVID is kind of still around. Yeah. Are you still doing online services? Yeah. We started two weeks ago, we started having in-person services. Did you really? Yep. I did not know that. So, um, so yeah, we were doing the United Worship Service. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, we started doing our own live stream, okay. Just Watershed. We kind of... You know, um, said right. it, it's time. Bye, heretics. Yeah, no. Uh, it, no, that's not what they said to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. They're like, like heretic. No. Uh, no, we just all decide, hey, we need to figure this out on mm-hmm. our own because we're, we're not going to be together forever. Right. It's not, I think it's a high school musical song. Together. For, oh, sorry. I wouldn't um, know that, Eric, because uh, I'm a boy. Yeah. But <laughs> I've got lots of kids. I um, can sing Hamilton songs, though. Dude, like totally off the topic. I really didn't care to see Hamilton. My kids like forced me. Mm-hmm. I it's stuck in my head constantly. Yeah, the songs is pretty good. You know that song where they're like, "Why do you always think you're the smartest person in the room?" Yeah. Why do you always write like you're running out of time? Yeah. Darby said that song was written. Yeah, right? that's you yeah. do write like you're running running out of time, waiting for that first book. She also says that I'm uh, always think I'm the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Only at send network gatherings. Oh, <laughs> come on. Uh, we can't cut that. It's just in here now. It's yeah. in there. That was Alex Hanovich. Oh, man. Um, Hope they don't come my funding. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, you're so bad. I really um, am. We, oh, so we started doing online by ourselves. Um, we wanted to meet in person on the 19th. I didn't feel like we were prepared um, because we can't. We were meeting in the school. We obviously yeah. can't meet at the school. So we have a new place where we can meet. Oh, you do? Good. Yes. But, where you have your offices? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And um, so it worked out great, but we just weren't ready. Like, Because I'm learning. I'm figuring out how to live stream and do everything because we, we pre-recorded ours mm-hmm. before. So I ordered equipment like over a month ago that they swore was in stock. And then it's been on back order ever since. every search has been ordered. Well, exactly. And every business has been too. Yeah. So, so I'm waiting for that. So I was like, man, we're just not ready. New building. New protocols, new, you know, because we still want to live stream for people. So, so no, we have not. We're hoping to in August, at the beginning of August. But, you know, Philadelphia, you're a little looser than Philadelphia. Philadelphia has some guidelines that you don't have. So, we have lots of kids in our church, and they take up lots of spots. Not that they're not valuable, but so we're trying to figure out, do we do two services? Do we just do a rotating schedule when people can come? What I mean, like... There's so much we're trying to figure out. Yeah, there's a so, lot of weird pieces to figure out. Yeah, we kind of uh, we're in the suburbs. You're in the city. Right. Um, so you're right. It's a little bit looser in the suburbs. Um, we just followed. We rent space from another church. Yeah. And so we waited until they started back services. Smart. And so they had a week of services first before we started back, and we gave them essentially here's our guidelines. 
for how we think we're going to go back. And then they said, here's our guidelines for what we'd like to see done in the building. And so we married those two documents and we said, we'll follow those. Um, We also waited till other churches on the street that were on were going back. So we were not the first church to go back. We were in the middle between people who have gone back and people who haven't. Um, And so I thought that was important. And then I did a survey. I sent out a survey to everybody in the church and said, are you willing to wear a mask? Are you, when do you want to go back? When do you think? Um, And so our first service back, we actually had uh, a surprisingly good attendance with some of our most faithful people staying away. We have somebody, a couple who just had a baby. We have another couple who are about to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, we're playing it safe. And I'm like, please play it safe. Like be smart. Um, But yeah, right now we're in this weird in between where we're having in-person services, but we're still posting online because we still have a lot of people who are, which we've always posted online, but now we're posting Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, our website. Like it's going everywhere like it was during COVID um, rather than just going up on our website. Now, do you do a live stream during the service? Nope. So we've gone back and forth on that. So we used to do... With our services, we'd also live stream it. And then we moved to, we have services and it goes up online later in the day. So when we went, when we went back to in-person services, I went back to that model. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's an advantage and I'd love to hear your thoughts since you're going to live stream. Yeah. What's the advantage of saying, I want them to be able to see it live with us? So I think there's a couple things. One of the, we did surveys too. And we just, and I did informal surveys as well. Just talking to people and my team has been talking to people. Um, one of the things is like when we moved away from the United Worship Service, they loved that, but they it didn't feel like watershed mm-hmm. totally. So they were ready for that. Um, there's something about it being like people had checked out on the pre-recorded services. Like they were just they were done. Like that's because um, we asked that in our survey. The novelty of online service. So uh, once again, the Barnett Group, David Kinnaman, Kerry yeah. Newoff did all this research. There were huge numbers people were seeing yeah. huge views yeah. for the first month yep. kind of after the first digital easter yep. then you saw this huge drop off exactly. and um they said all the data shows people were at first it was like a novelty online yeah. church gotta keep and, yeah. life the same yeah. yeah and then then people were just like man i gotta go to lunch. and so now you know my people are they're saying you know i watch it later on in the week when i get time yeah. i watch it and so the the drive to watch it and see it, I think, has right. diminished. Right. Well, and that's part of the reason that I went to live is because there's something different. Like if they know, they knew we obviously pre-recorded it because the shadows would look different or whatever in the building. The shadows are off. The yeah. shadows are off. Yeah, that's it. So you know, reference. there's something about it being live that gives a sort of a sense of community. You know, I know it's weird, but it, it does. Um, and then you know, it, I. I think it helps people not to feel left out as we move towards meeting together. They can still see that people are in the room, that we're together, that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And so for me, I think that's why it's important to me to to try to do it live because it just kind of gives that sense and says, hey, we we want you to be a part of everything we're doing as much as you, at your level of comfortability or, or ability. Yeah. And so for me, that's... That's why I'm I'm really pushing to try to make sure that we stay live. Do you have somebody like chatting with people live? We did uh, this past week. Okay. Yeah, actually, we started doing that. We right now 
and I won't go. We could do a whole episode on the logistics of trying to go live, mm-hmm. um, but you can't go live mobily for YouTube unless you have a thousand subscribers. That's right. And I'm even though I'm a better preacher than Andy Stanley, I'm not as popular as Andy Stanley. Um, Wait a minute. So, uh, so we don't have a thousand followers on YouTube. So yeah, can't do that. Either. So we do Facebook Live. I've I want to do, I've but you know, you can't that. stream to multiple perp, uh, um, platforms at once either, unless There's you some pay. Apps that yeah, but you got to pay a lot of money. Right. Yeah. It's like it's really expensive for a church plant, and so I, I can't spend that money. So we're doing YouTube live now. Get My, Aaron Harvey pay for that. Oh, that's a good idea. Aaron, if you're listening. He doesn't listen. Uh, sure he does. He's been on here before. Aaron, if you're listening. He hasn't listened since I need $1,000 right now so I can stream to multiple platforms. Is but, it 1000 a month? It's not a month. No, per year, pretty much. Oh, that's not that bad. No, it adds up. It adds up. I think, and that is the cheapest one I saw. And even then, you can only, I don't know. But so, like, YouTube live... Would be my ideal one because then I could share that link to other oh platforms. But I can't do that right now because I don't have my camera. So not unless I just run it off my computer screen, yeah. which is a horrible camera. Um, um, so I think this would be a good side episode. Yeah. But to stick back on COVID, sorry, yeah. before we get yeah. too far off. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up um, here soon. Yeah. People are turning off their iPods. Well, I think so. <laughs> let's talk about a, a lot of church planters that I see online and that I know of. They rent space, and spaces are saying, we don't want outside people renting our space anymore because COVID, we can't police it. And so I was very grateful that our space, thankfully they don't use the space they rent to us. And so it just sits empty, and so they were like, we don't care. Just follow these guidelines. Um, Real quickly, what should a planter do who has, they worked hard and hard, they called dozens of places to find this space, and now this space is like, because of COVID, you can't meet here. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, uh, you knew this when you signed up for church planning. So I don't, like, I'm sorry. Like, No, I. you know, that's a great call. Start calling a million places again. Outdoors, if that's an option at all. Like, outdoors is probably your best bet if you can find so a parking. It is yeah. brutal. Um, at least when it's 95 degrees in Philly. Maybe I would start calling other churches. Maybe you have to change your time, you know, which isn't ideal. But if you're ready to meet in person and you have to have somewhere, I would start with other churches. Um, that would that would be my first move because if they're meeting in, in you know uh, in person, then maybe they'd be willing for you. Maybe it's even a different day for now. I don't you know. I think but, it's also this is a time when nonprofits are hurting. Like yeah. so, I work part time at a nonprofit arts center mm-hmm. uh, financially. This has been a huge blow to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're looking for people like. Does can anyone use this building while we're not here? Because right now we're not having classes on the mm. weekend, and I'm thinking, what a great opportunity for church plants to take advantage of. You know, if there's a nonprofit, they might. Um, but I think this is also a time when you might want to rethink your model mm. and say, could we do some type of house church yeah. that could multiply? Um, and you can get people together, and then the people who can't fit there, you fit into another home, yeah. and you can. Maybe this is going to force us to grow. Uh, I saw one guy, it might have been Alan Hirsch, who said, the virus is forcing churches to think like a virus. Mm. And um, I think it that could be really, really good. So one last question for you okay. about COVID. Um, with COVID, what do you think... Um, man, I just completely forgot where I was going with that. 
So it sounded like it was going to be an awesome question. Yeah, probably was. Like, I was literally on the edge of my seat <laughs> waiting for this I really forgot. profound, yeah. like, question. Like, you were yeah. going to just loft the softball in the air and let me yeah, I was knock trying, it out of the park to thinking. wrap up the yeah. episode. I have no idea what it is. And now we're just flailing yeah. like a wounded duck. Yeah, but if you've listened to Flannel and Beards before, you expect that. Absolutely. So. I think that's a perfect way so. to end the episode. Oh, I know oh, what I was okay, going to say. Okay, okay, here we go. Hey, so... If you were going to say one thing to encourage pastors yes. and church planters right now, walking through COVID, trying to lead in COVID, trying to make sense of all this, what's your encouragement? And then I'll give a 30-second yeah. encouragement. Man, it's hard not to be super churchy here, Alex. Okay, we'll go for it. But it's the way I You're feel. You're burning up your 30 seconds. One uh, thirty seconds, look. It's not the end of the world. Hmm. And if it is, work harder to let people know what happens after the end of the world. <laughs> And find comfort in the fact that you know where you're going to go when the world ends. I'm dead serious. It's not the end of the world, but if it is, we have hope. We need to listen to the hope that we claim to offer to others and be about offering that hope to other people as much as we can. Yeah, I think that's good. So um, my encouragement would be force yourself to take a Sabbath every week. Turn Mm. off your cell phone. Rest. Get outside. Eat clean, healthy food. Stop that. Spend time in prayer. Do things that fill you with joy and love and encourage your people to do the same. You'll never make it to a crisis without rest. Mm, so That's good. This is Eric and Alex, and we are so glad that we're back. We're back. Hey, check us out on Twitter. Our twiddle. What is our, our twiddle? What is our Twitter handle, Alex? I don't know. because I don't know. You created I've it. I've actually been off of Twitter. Beards Flannel. At Beards Flannel. So that's why nobody likes my stuff anymore. Yeah. I, I've yeah. not... Yeah. I, I've been on like a couple times during this whole thing. So Every once in a while I get a message and it says heretic. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> that's me. There's no yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, so at Beards Flannel is our Twitter handle if you want to reach out. And what is our email address? Do you know what that is? I forgot. It's been eight know. months. Like I've, Flannel and Beards at gmail.com. Flannel and Beards at gmail.com. Hey, hit us up. Let us know you listened. Or let us know you hate us. Either one, it'll be affirming to us. Thank you.